0: Welcome to The Deeper Podcast. I'm Doug Taylor and I'm here with Dr. Dave Vance, lead pastor of Crossroads Church. We have campuses in Shelby, Mansfield, downtown Mansfield. We're gonna soon have a campus in Lexington and we have a campus in the prison. This Deeper Podcast is designed to help you go deeper in God's word and to grow deeper and life application. We're in the podcast series now about the Sermon on the Mount. And today we're talking about obligation versus devotion and, and kind of the juxtaposition of those of those two. We're gonna be looking at Matthew 5, uh, 17 through 20 and that Sermon on the Mount. Dave, would you, do you mind reading those couple verses for us?
1: Not at all, let's uh, start Matthew 5, 17. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. As we
0: start this discussion about this passage, would you consider yourself a rule follower
1: or a rule breaker? So, be honest. So, yeah, this is a, that's a great question. The, the, so here's, here's the fact. Um, throughout my life, outwardly, I, I would be a rule keeper. And uh, part of that is, you know, we talk about personality things. Part of that was uh, always making sure that no one was displeased. And so I would be a rule keeper. Now, inside... I was a rebel, uh, and there were times where I just wanted to rebel, and so it's funny how both of those play out, but but I really very rarely rebelled. Um, in fact, I don't know if you know this, if you remember back in high school, I don't know if you, your high school did this, our high school did these what were called senior superlatives. And the senior superlatives were, in essence, you know, pithy prophetic statements about what you could become. And so we had one that was supposed to be serious, one that was supposed to be uh, funny. And so for me, it was uh, most likely to be a pastor, which is kind of interesting. And uh, I led a Bible study, helped lead a Bible study in my high school. And so uh, I think that that made sense. The other one was most likely to get in in trouble with the law. (laughs) And so, you know, there was always this the streak in me that was a little bit rebel. I would walk the line, but never cross it. And so uh, I would be a, a rule keeper. How about you, Doug? I I I, I want to guess, but I want you to tell tell me. I don't want to. Well, it, it's interesting because I want everybody else to keep the
0: rules, <laughs> but I don't want the rules to apply to me. Does that make sense? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I love rules, and I, and I would probably consider myself a rule follower, but I'm certainly a questioner. So I'm always questioning why the rules are there. You know, who made them? What what's their purpose? Yeah. So, but. But uh, but yeah, I don't want them to apply to me. I want them to apply to everybody else. Yeah.
1: So you would hate the line, because I said so. Hate it. Yeah. Hate yeah. it.
0: Yeah. So um, the Sermon on the Mount, you know, we've just finished talking about the Beatitudes. Yeah. And that was a great as we looked at those Beatitudes. But Jesus follows it up with some strong statements. What's going on here as he's talking about, you know, fulfilling the law and the
1: prophets? Yeah. And, you know, in order to understand this, you really have to grasp the audience and remember, this is the first century Jews under Roman authority and control, um, and and now for you know hundreds of years, 400, over four hundred years, God had not spoken through a prophet. And so, th- this the reason why I say that is because that's the tone that you get when you read the Beatitudes: "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven." Blessed are those who mourn. This was so countercultural to them that you could imagine some of them feeling oh, great, we have some more laws to keep. So there were two crowds that Jesus was speaking to in verses 17 through 20. There was one crowd that would have heard the Beatitudes and felt like, oh, great, we have another scribe adding to the law and this is important to understand in the old testament when god gave the law what happened through the centuries is that the jews specifically the scribes the pharisees the religious leaders they would add laws on top of laws in order to protect the law and so if if the law said you shouldn't eat this food they would say you're not allowed to touch it Um, they would add a law to protect the law and so here as we read matthew 5 1 through uh through 12 we get this picture that some of them would feel overwhelmed by this. Some of them would feel burdened by the fact, here's Jesus giving more laws. Uh, And then the other side of that is is the audience of the Pharisees, the scribes, and the religious uh, elite. They would look at it and say, oh great, he's adding some laws so that people have to live more like us. And they were self-righteous, self-justifying. And so they were looking at themselves as, as more superior than others. So what Jesus does here, is he goes right into the heart of both of them and he challenges both thinking the thinking that says oh here we go another law i can't keep it i'm unworthy he hits that but he also challenges the religious elite in the passage in verses 17 through 20.
0: so he says that he came to fulfill the law and the prophets not to abolish it why did he say that here he was
1: really giving giving himself as the answer to the law and prophets meaning all that law that you're supposed to keep in the old testament these jews all the prophets that prophesied about the coming messiah now it's me i'm going to i'm going to fulfill them i'm not going to abolish them so he's doing two things he's saying listen i'm not throwing the law out the law still has purpose but i am coming to fulfill the law the legal requirements of the law will be fulfilled by one who can keep them and at this point, they wouldn't have understood that fully, but what we see throughout the New Testament, specifically throughout the Gospels, is you find in the story of Christ that he keeps the law perfectly, and in the end, not only does he keep the law, but then he takes sin upon himself, and he becomes the righteous requirement of the law, and then is put to death as a as a lamb led to the slaughter, the perfect lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You talked about his audience and kind of the two
0: camps yeah. in his audience. Um, why was it important for Jesus to, to, to tell these
1: people this message? Yeah, so so if we walk through here, verse 17, he says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. All the Pharisees and the scribes would have gone, Amen. He has not come to, to get rid of what we keep. And so their tradition was upheld of keeping the law. He says, I didn't come to abolish them. I came to fulfill them. That statement then comes over to those who feel burdened and he says to them, hey, you, you don't have to worry. This is not another law to keep. I'm actually coming to fulfill the law for you. And so for them, it would have been a I feel better now. And then he turns it and says, not a, not a, not a iota or a dot will pass away from these laws. In fact, I want you to teach them and keep them. But then he says, if your righteousness doesn't, doesn't surpass the scribes and the Pharisees, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. So he says, okay, if you want to follow the law to find your righteousness, good luck. You better be better than the scribes and Pharisees. And so he's saying, no hope for you. If you try to do that, you're going to have to be perfect because the Pharisees and scribes were, uh, they kept the law to the T the other side of that was then. So the only place you can find hope is in Jesus, Jesus who fulfills the law. And that's the whole point of this passage is that Jesus becomes a fulfillment of what we're looking for. It's not the law that makes us right. It's Jesus who is right, who gives us his righteousness. And as a result, we keep the law through him. How do we, uh, in Christianity today,
0: kind of make a, a system of checklists? Sometimes we feel the burden to to do more, to be better, to check these things off. Do you see that in people at your church?
1: <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, and and i think we, i think we all feel a little bit of that weight and, and we can do that even with the christian things that we have maybe for us it's not it's not specifically the law you know we talk about the sacrificial laws we talk about uh the, the laws of 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 the nation we, we don't follow those necessarily in the same way the jews did but we make our own laws and some of them could be we hear the words like read our bible and pray and then we come, come to check checklist a box that we check uh come to church. Uh, you know, something that people can't control. Uh, so we say, well, I'm not going to do that. And and what we do is make a law and we feel burdened by that law uh, that says, I have to do this. And so we check off a box. I come to church, I say a prayer, I read my Bible, I do my devotional. I, I tell somebody, hey, God bless you. All of a sudden we make this this box that we check and then we feel better about ourselves. And what Jesus here is, he's going after the heart. That's not That's not what he's trying to get at. Because if you're going to do that, you better keep the whole thing. You better be perfect in every way. And that's his challenge, is it really should turn us to faith in Christ. And then the other side of that isn't just we make a checklist, but sometimes we feel burdened by the expectations. And I don't know if you ever felt burdened by expectations. There are times where Christianity can feel overwhelming. And uh, that sounds overwhelming very awkward to say and almost sacrilegious but there are times where that burden can lay heavy on us and we we don't keep up the way we think we should and we can feel unworthy or, or we can feel like a failure and jesus here is confronting both of those and saying no no no, your righteousness is not based upon what you do it's based upon me i'm fulfilling it at the same time if you're going to to, to check the box you, you better check it fully if you're being self-righteous You better keep getting better because that's not going to get you into heaven. And so that's the point of this is to balance out. This is a guardrail for our lives to say, I need to do certain things for Christ because he's in me, but I don't need to be required to do them in the way that we think in a checkbox or a list. Uh, We we do it in order just to, uh, because we have faith in Christ, we rest in Christ and then are able to fulfill what he's called us to do.
0: Yeah. Sometimes I wonder... Am I doing these things, checking these boxes because I want other people to see that I'm doing it? I want to be an example or I want to be I want to I play the comparison game. I want to do it like somebody else does it. And next thing, next thing you know, if I'm not careful, I'm doing these good things for wrong reasons. and I'm not doing them. Just out of relationship with Christ, and because He's calling and asking me to do it, He may be asking me to do something else that 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 doesn't show up on a box.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. So you you think about all the things that the Scripture does ask us to do. It 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 commands for us to read the scripture there's a command to pray to give to serve to share the gospel all these things are commands but but you're right they're they which way do we come about them is it I have to do them I feel burdened by them or is it man I've get the privilege to do this because I have Christ who is my righteousness who fulfills the legal requirements of the law so I'm not doing it to gain favor or status with God or with man I'm doing it because I have status with God and man and that's the the, the picture right is am I doing what I I'm doing because I have all that I need in Christ, or am I doing what I'm doing because I'm trying to gain what I need in Christ? Those two attitudes change this entirely, and that's exactly what Jesus is getting at in this passage. I know we've
0: been talking about the law and Jesus not abolishing it, but what does it mean that he came to fulfill the
1: law, not to abolish it? Yeah, you know, as you read the the New Testament, you find, uh, of course, the legal requirements of the law. uh, and, And... And at the same time, he didn't come to get rid of the law. And I think it's important. Uh, Galatians talks about it. I love Galatians chapter 3. It gives this picture where Paul paints that the law is still profitable. And he describes that the law is meant to give us our transgressions. The law is meant to give us a picture of our sin because we can't keep it. And so we turn to Christ who fulfills the law for us. And that's the image is he he kept the legal requirements so that we could have faith and by faith be justified not by ourselves but by him and so i love galatians because it goes on and says that the law is our guardian and the word there is literally tutor in that day most moms and dads of wealthy families would actually hire a tutor to raise their kids and so it was a nanny in essence a nanny who would actually raise the kid to know how to be an adult in order to prepare them for life and so the law is meant to bring us to the point where we realize we can't do it and in not doing it we then come to christ so in galatians 3 it says the law is perfect the law isn't thrown away the law has a purpose but his purpose is to bring us to christ is leading us to adulthood in jesus so that's the image here um jesus came to fulfill it by using the law to bring us to him not to works Let's talk more about obligation versus devotion.
0: Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? You know, as we've talked about, are you obligated to serve
1: or are you serving because of devotion? Yeah. Well, you know, when we hear the word commands, doesn't it feel obligation, doesn't it? When, when you would give a command to do something, there's an obligation to do it. And, and as I, I think, I, as I described before, I think it's real important to look at our life and our status in Christ is set. By Christ if that's true then what I do is not out of obligation what I do is out of devotion the commands I'm given always follow what is called an indicative what does that mean in the scripture every time there's a command there's something that has been given to us first to fulfill that command and so it's 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 this idea that i've been given christ therefore i obey him i've been given life therefore i obey i've been given grace i've been given mercy i've been given forgiveness and so all of the commands we have in christ are actually based upon things that god has already given to us and so that's why i think when we look at this life obligation versus devotion you know, and a couple lines here, obligation does not allow for that, the experience of divine blessings. You know, here it talks about uh, you will be blessed in the in the kingdom if you do and teach these. Great will you be in the kingdom. There's divine blessings. And then devotion, though, allows for kingdom-focused life. So obligation keeps us from those divine realities, whereas in devotion really brings kingdom focus. It keeps, sees the Beatitudes not as a burden, but as a blessing. Uh, Obligation does the bare minimum, but devotion goes above and beyond. It goes serving above and beyond the Lord. It doesn't see it as a burden to keep. It sees it as a blessing to give back to God as a way of gratitude. And then lastly, obligation lives a life of Christian checklist. Devotion leads to total surrender. There's this idea when you get what Jesus is saying, if I'm going to live by obligation, I have to live perfectly. If I'm going to live by devotion, I live in the grace and rest in the grace that God has given to me. So now I've been given the gift of God. I've been given grace. And now I'm able to do out of surrender, not out of, not out of a, you know, a deep reality of a checkbox or, or a sacrificial system or that I'm trying to keep some law. It's, it's surrender.
0: I've, I've got a few things here uh, that could look like a checklist, but we don't want them to be a checklist. Read your Bible every day. Pray daily. Sing praises in your heart to the Lord. Evangelize and tell your neighbors about Jesus. Connect with others in your church. Be involved in ministry and use your spiritual gifts. Yeah. It almost can read like a checklist, but it's it's out of the out of our heart that what he's getting at here, right? So we don't want to feel guilty if I didn't evangelize someone t- today, yeah. or I and I also don't want to wear it like a badge, like a perfect attendance, and everybody look at me. Yeah. Just how do we balance that we know that these things are good for us and they're commands, but how do we keep from feeling guilty about them?
1: You know, and, and the big thing is, as you say each of those things, I think immediately for some of us, we feel that, oh, here we go again. Another thing the church is asking me to do. Um, and then for others, it's I will I will do those things and I will check off the Bible. I feel better about myself. When you're resting in Christ, when Christ is all of all of a sudden, those things are all about relationship. It's all about a relationship with Christ. I do those things. It's kind of like marriage. You know, there are things that I do in my marriage not because I have to, but because I get the blessing of doing them for my wife to serve her well. And what I find is the joy that it brings her is is worthwhile. Some of, the, some of those things, if we're being honest, there's things I don't want to do. There's things I would rather not do, but there are things that I feel led to do out of love. And that's the image, right? Christ, God loved us to come and die on a cross, loved us enough to come and fulfill the righteous requirements of the law in order to bring us what we need, which is faith, and that faith not in the law but faith in Christ who fulfilled the law and now out of gratitude out of love out of surrender I do those things because I want to know him more I want to grow in him more I want to experience Christ more and that's the whole point is to experience who Christ is and that's what the scripture gets at it's based upon what we have not based upon what we have to do we it's
0: our prayer that you would continue to follow Christ and that you would do these things out of devotion not out of obligation.